0: Maybe wisdom is just an old-fashioned concept. Why is wisdom an important thing for a 21st century woman? Wisdom drives who we are and what we
1: believe and what we do with our life.
0: Welcome today to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I am so glad that you are joining us today. Today is episode number 176, and the title is, well, 10 Little Nuggets of Wisdom. And I'm excited because this episode, we are going to talk about all all the things that we need to know. Some of these may seem basic to you, but um, they're all good. They're all so, so good. And sometimes we forget the basic stuff, you know, like we forget the importance of these. Um, We don't actually have one particular topic today. We're going to talk about a ton of different little topics with a dear friend of mine and a mentor in ministry, which I'm so glad I got that out of my mouth because I thought I was going to mess it up. (laughs) So let's kick it off by welcoming my friend Diane Walls to the podcast. Diane, I am super duper thrilled to have you. Well, Julie, I'm excited. It's great to be with you today. Okay, Diane, why don't you um, kick it off by... First off, is this your podcast you've ever been on? Yes, it is. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes, yes. Okay, good. Um, It is for many women I have on, but I love that we can have just, and no offense to you, but normal, everyday, average women. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part. That's me. Yeah, well, and me too, girl. So Mm -hmm. you're in it with... We're in it together. Um, Tell me a little bit about... You about who you live with, about your family, what you do all day. I know you have some favorite hobbies, so I want to hear about them. Maybe your favorites.
1: Okay. Well, Julie, I'm a wife of 57 years, and people do live that long. 57 (laughs) years, I've been a wife, and I'm a mom of two, and I have 11 grandchildren and two great grandchildren. Wow, that is impressive. Well, I'm grateful for them all. Praise God. What I do all day. Really I thought what needs to be done. I do housework, I do a Bible study lesson, cooking, babysitting when needed, picking up kids at grant at school. And actually when I think about that I did all those things just today. Oh. So it's been a busy day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love to bake and I did that today too. So I've I whenever I don't have something to do, I navigate to pulling out the flour and the oh. and baking. What is I your like favorite that. thing
0: to bake? Uh cookies because my grandchildren all oh. love cookies. So, so it, it does connect back to your grandkids. Yes, I love that. Does. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: used to, I, one thing I do not like is yard work. And I oh. used to feel guilty about that because I have a friend who has a gorgeous yard and it's so right. pretty. But then I realized she doesn't like to bake. And so <laughs> I thought it's okay if I don't yeah. like yard work. I We each have different gifts. Yes, That's right.
0: My favorite spare time hobby is knitting. I love to knit. So yes. that that would be I it. knew that was going to come out in yeah. here. <laughs> okay, so um is something is knitting something that anyone can do? Oh yes. I mean it takes you it's a learning curve.
1: Okay. But anybody can knit. And it's something that's portable so you can take mm-hmm. it with you where you go. And mm-hmm. that's why I like it.
0: And then could a woman who is young, like I'm thinking of our young women who listen mm-hmm. maybe in their high school years, college years you know, can they, what What would you even suggest someone start on? Like if somebody wanted to, it might not even be a young woman because I don't knit. Maybe I should start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think a smaller project like a hat okay, or um, maybe some fingerless gloves, that would be something okay. to start knitting. And you see the fruit of your labor faster than okay. a sweater.
0: Okay. And um, is the fingerless gloves because the finger part is hard? Y- yes. Okay. Yeah, so don't really do hard. those. You get holes in between okay. the fingers okay. real lazy. Yeah. <laughs> then don't give those as a Christmas gift, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, Diane, I'm so glad that you came on today. I brought you on to the podcast today um, because I actually feel like you have a lot of wisdom. Some of that is because you are a little bit older than me, just a little bit. A little bit. And, um, also because you've been a Christian for, I would say, a good chunk of your life. Yes. Like, w- about what age did you become a believer? A- actually, I didn't com- come to know Jesus till I was 26. Okay, but... So that's still 50 years. Yes, yeah, that's a lot of time yeah. loving God, and that's great. And I also know that you love God's Word, and um, I-, I think that's such an important part of this whole thing we're going to talk about today, is loving God's Word. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were the first woman, Diane, who asked me... When I first came to our church, I think that was 17 years ago, to um do something. I remember this like it was yesterday. And I think you asked me. I was a young mom and I was just really quite legalistic in my views, although I would never have thought that I was legalistic. I had a lot of aggressive actions and thoughts, which is just a really nice way to say. I was very prideful about what I did and who I was. Um, and for and like I can remember thinking everybody should do it the way I do it. Okay, you know, Mm -hmm. you even mentioned that a minute ago. Like, you know, since you like to bake and some women like to do gardening, Mm -hmm. like maybe there's something wrong in that, but there isn't. So, but you asked me to lead a Bible study. And I remember we did that. We did the book of Acts. I think Mm -hmm. that was the first one, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And I loved Mm -hmm. that. And we enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed it a great time. It was great. And it was, oh, I was considered young then. Yes. That's
1: true. You're still young.
0: <laughs> I'm really thankful you asked me and thankful of your many ways that you've trained me. Um you were always very helpful, still are, encouraging and willing. And I'll tell you one thing about Diane. If I ever ask you to pray for me, I know that you pray for me. And and thank you. <laughs> I love that because that is something I know like Diane will say to well when is your event or when do you need prayer? I'm going to set this on my clock or I'm going to make it so I remember and I I love that little piece of you know, like a trigger. That's so good. Um, Now, we both know I'm not asking you because you own the market on wisdom, though. No, not at all. (laughs) You and I are not like CEOs. But really, I'm asking you about wisdom today because I think you, by God's grace, have gained a lot over the years. So I just want to jump into this whole podcast on wisdom. And I always want to remind my listeners that we are never going to cover everything in a 35 or 40 minute or sometimes they turn into an hour and 15 minute podcast. But... It's good to think about. So, Diane. Okay, so let's just start with just a couple of basic questions before we get into our 10 nuggets of wisdom. Okay, let's start with where do we even get wisdom from? Okay. And, um, and I, I will say, obviously, the Bible has to be the answer here because we love the Bible on unshaken. On, on but I bet there's other places.
1: Okay, well, Julie, I'm glad you said
0: the Bible first
1: because <laughs> that would be the first place I would yeah. say to go. But having said that, there are another a couple more that I would quickly think about. The first would be uh, listening to godly women who mm-hmm. God has placed in my life to support and teach me. You're never too old to learn from God and from others. And those long-term relationships in which you've laughed and cried and and you've sat and shared the word, shared prayer requests, that is a great place to yes. glean wisdom. But I've also conversely had women come to me who I didn't know very well and tell me something. And I realized that I needed to hear that. Mm. And I think God planted them to come and tell me that. And mm. and I would say to the women, when, some, when you hear from your friend or even an acquaintance, what we need to do is take what they say, take it back to the word of God, pray about sure. it, and then see if that's what God... Had Is giving you wisdom
0: in. Right. Right. They say, like, don't shoot the messenger. Right. We don't know why. Right. That's good. Yeah. And then second um, would be trusted, godly
1: men and women who write books, who teach the things of God, uh, both in the church. I think of sitting under our pastor. Yep. Yep. Uh, Pastor David for years has taught us and Many of you know Bob Forney, and I could never tell you how much wisdom he poured into my life outside mm-hmm. at a Bible study. So outside is a out so in the church and then outside the church is also a way. And an example in my life is there's a pastor actually in Minden, Nevada. And if I told you his name, you wouldn't even recognize okay. <laughs> it at all. But for like six plus years, he teaches, Um, expository through the books of the Mm. Bible. And I've been listening to him and have gleaned so much. Mm -hmm. So there are books, commentaries about Christian life. So use those things that God puts in your life to sharpen you Mm. and to give you wisdom.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting because you brought up a few, the Bible's the number one source, Mm -hmm. but sometimes things are not as clear cut in the Bible. And so it's helpful to get wisdom and how to apply it. Right. That's correct. really what you're saying is yes. how are we going to apply it? And that's great. And I um, I, I would go visit Nevada because it sounds yeah. like a really cool place. Right, so yeah. we could go sit right underneath his <laughs> teaching someday. I'd like to do that actually <laughs> <someday>. <laughs> just once. <laughs> well, oh, that's one thing that you didn't know about Diane is that she likes to camp. So okay. you could get in your little bubble and your little camper there. and <laughs> go out there, right? <laughs> All right. So one thing we do have to do because it's <clears throat> totally fine. One thing we do have to do, because it's important to start off this way, is to talk about the difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom, because our world does have wisdom in it. I mean, there are things I've learned in the world that have helped me, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people might say, um, you know, take your vitamins. Like, that's actually probably wise to do, I think. And my husband's always reminding me, because I always forget to take my vitamins. But what is the difference between godly and worldly wisdom? Well, I'll start out with a
1: definition from the word of God about wisdom. Um, James 1.5 says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously mm. and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Mm. So that again talks about where wisdom comes from. Yeah. And then um, James 3.17 says, wisdom is from above. And that verse says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. And those are excellent Mm -hmm. adjectives, I guess, if you're an English teacher, of what is wisdom. I think the divide between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom grows wider every day. Mm -hmm. I think you would agree, Julia.
0: Absolutely. I,
1: I have lived long enough to see that spread. A statement I heard years ago that I remember that has just stuck with me is what this generation accepts in moderation, the next generation will fully embrace. Mm. And I've lived generations. I'm the leading edge of the baby boomers. And there's Generation X and Millennials, Generation Z, Generation Alpha. So that's four generations below me. And sometimes I scratch my head, and I pray lots as I look at what Mm. wisdom is defined as today. I read this definition of wisdom in the world. Wisdom is the use of knowledge to pursue the good life. Mm. Now, that definition is far removed from the definition of godly wisdom. Mm -hmm. The good life versus peacefulness, reasonable mercy, good fruits. That's a big difference. Hmm. And that difference then is seen in all areas of life, whether it's your job choice, right. raising children, caring for your physical health, everything. So there's a great divide between yeah. worldly wisdom and godly wisdom.
0: Right. And and the wisdom of do, taking your vitamins isn't bad, but there's so much more to the godly wisdom. Right. Yeah, that's good. Okay. But then my, that leads me to think, why do we even need wisdom? Like, Really? (laughs) Okay. And my first response to that is
1: really kind of snarky in that nobody wants to appear stupid. Okay. Nobody does. Good point. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) But wisdom drives who we are and what we believe and what we do with our life. Proverbs one seven says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Mm. Proverbs 2, 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Every person desires to be seen as wise. And as a person who lives in Christ, that you and I, Julie, and hopefully many of our listeners, the wisdom we need and desire is from God, who is Mm -hmm. all wisdom. There's just so many competing voices out there that bombard our lives. Um, It's it. We have to pray daily that we understand between godly wisdom and worldly mm-hmm. wisdom. And I know a lot of times for me, um, the truth that is in my head needs to speak to my heart mm-hmm. and change my attitudes and my my thinking. Changes mm-hmm. that. So it's very important. Godly wisdom.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. That's a lot to start with, yeah. but it's time for our 10 nuggets of wisdom. Okay. I feel like it's a game show. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give you a question or a topic, I should say, and you're going to answer the question and there's no prize in this okay. whole thing. Sorry. I guess the prize is the wisdom. It actually yes. is. I think in your answer, there will be a bunch of wisdom and practical application because we don't want to just have knowledge, right? We want to mm-hmm. apply it Um, That could be relevant to women. Now, again, to all of our listeners, we are not going to cover everything under every one of these topics. That's why it's called the 10 Wisdom Nuggets, right? I suppose that many of these topics could actually be an entire episode. And we've done some episodes on some of these topics. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's good to just kind of like revisit them now and then because we do get off track. So remember that Diane is going to share some of her thoughts, but not everything that could be covered. Are you ready, Diane? I'm ready by God's grace, I'm okay, ready. all right. I feel like I need like some kind of special music right now, but okay, <laughs> Number one, how can a woman make Bible study and prayer a priority in her life, and why is it important that it is a priority? Well, I would like to start with the why and first
1: in, The why is if you desire to live a godly life in whatever area God has put you in, then you need to read the instruction manual. Mm. I love science, but osmosis works in science, but not in godly living. (laughs) Right. You can't sit by your Bible or have your Bible on your desk and think it's just going to dump the truth into your life. Mm. You have to pick it up, pray, and read it in that order. Now, I know that purposing to do that means sacrifice, major and minor, depending on the season of life you're in. I have the time in the mornings to pray and read. But if you have multiple kids going multiple different places mm-hmm. to score whatever, then it takes sacrifice and planning. Mm-hmm. If you have a job di- and you have to get up early, then that means planning. So a sacrifice that might be key is getting up earlier than the time that you need to get your family ready and then that means going to bed earlier. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now for me once once I wake up and I put my feet on the floor I'm ready to go. I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't have to get warmed up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but it would be a sacrifice for me personally to go to bed earlier because okay. I am a night owl. So it takes a sacrifice. Yeah. To do that, and another thing, I know that the scriptures say, and I believe that spending time in the morning in the Word, word, the first thing is beneficial for the day. But if you can't do it in the morning without getting up at four a.m., right? Then read the Word at night. Mm-hmm. Just do it. I sound Mm -hmm. like a Nike ad, Yes, you do. Yes,
0: you do. (laughs) And she is not wearing any Nike jumpsuit (laughs) here, okay?
1: (laughs) Or how about lunchtime at work? Prayer and reading are so important in a woman's life. It must be a priority if you want to glean wisdom.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I, I knew a friend of mine years ago who was a teacher, and she would use her lunch hour Mm -hmm. to read the Bible. Sometimes she'd use part of her planning period because... She could. She was done with everything. And so it worked. And I know for me, when my kids were little, sometimes nap time was the time to read. It's good. Because you just need to pack it in. You got to find a spot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. And a couple of weeks ago, we had Michelle Holder on. And Michelle said something that I thought was really helpful. She said that she has made an effort in her life to not read anything else until she reads the Bible.
1: That is great. And that was
0: just a, a practical application. To make that happen, because, boy, are we bombarded with stuff to look at, visual stuff all the time. So maybe it's no watching reels, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's not visiting Facebook, or maybe not even checking your email until you do that. Yeah, that's good. Okay, number two. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. You're doing great, by the way. Okay. Okay. How can we trust God? This is just an easy question. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) How can we trust God when bad things happen? Or even when our plans are different than we had planned? I am a
1: word picture person. I have word pictures in my head that are truth. And the word picture that I have for this is um, that when something happens, I see the Lord is sitting at his desk. He sees everything that's going to happen or has happened. And myself, knowing the truth that nothing happens to me or those that I love that hasn't been okayed by him first mm-hmm. at his desk with his stamp of approval is very helpful to mm-hmm. me to know that he sees, he knows, and he said, she can handle it with my help. Mm-hmm. That is very helpful. Or perhaps I have some things down the road that she'll be involved in and learning this now will help others who I'm going to bring into her life. Right, God, we talk about CEO, God is the CEO, Mm. Psalm 103.19 says the Lord established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. Mm. He knows and he's in charge. Another very favorite verse that has played out in my life a number of times is 2 Corinthians 1.3-4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I can praise God so many times when the trial is even past, when I see how he is using that in my life, what happened to help another woman Mm who many times you've probably experienced, are going through the same yes. thing. Yes, You've been there and done that, and he's helped you, and you can share that. Yeah,
0: and that's actually imparting some of your wisdom from going through a trial. Right, exactly. Someone. I love that you use that verse from Psalm 103, because a few years ago at Christ the Word, the church that sponsors this podcast, we memorized that whole mm, chapter. chapter. So I recognize that Damn. quickly. I don't know that I could do the whole chapter now, but no, I could I do a, so. I could do a big chunk, especially the first chunk. Mm-hmm. But what a great thing to do is to memorize a verse or meditate on it as you're going through a trial. That's Correct. good. That's good. Okay, number three. All right, we only have 10, so we're getting there. They're okay. I'm not mathematical, so I'm not going to give you a percentage <laughs> a of how time. far we are. Wait a minute, we're 20%. I- I'm good at that. I can okay. handle those easy ones. Mm-hmm. What can I do if a good friend of mine who is a real believer— but has different views theologically. Well, I thought a lot about this, and I think there
1: are some ground-level basic truths that we would need to agree on to have what I'm calling a solid friendship in, in foundation in Christ. Okay. And some of them that I listed were um, the Bible is the Word of God, 2 mm-hmm. Timothy 3.16. God is one in three persons, Matthew 28.19. Jesus is fully God, John 1, 1, and 2, and especially we are sinners and saved Mm -hmm. by faith in Christ alone in his work on the cross, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and that there's life after death, Mm -hmm. um, John 11, 25, and 26. There are, however, some ancillary things, many things in our Christian Life and our Christian friendships that don't define, I think, our ability to be friends. Okay. For example, I have a friend in Florida who believes she's pre pre tribulation end times. She believes in the rapture. She's a godly woman. She knows the Word. She leads Bible studies that I've sat in, and she's let me sub a couple times. And she knows my view that I don't believe in the rapture. And but when it comes up in class she always graciously lets me share my okay. view because she says it's not a matter of salvation mm. and i think that's important and that binds our friendship and really then i laughingly tell her she doesn't get a get out of jail free card <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. she, the rapture
0: but okay yeah that's a great application like there are there are some like pieces that we can't we we that are straight up you can't right. change Right. And you listed really, really powerful ones. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Mm-hmm. I think that was really helpful to me as I was traveling around years ago looking for a new church. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom saying to me, wherever you land, make sure that they believe in Jesus as the only way to heaven that they believe that there is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think she told me one other thing I don't remember. And that was really helpful. Your mom is wise. Yeah, she is. Yes. She is wise. I know her. But I think that was helpful to me because you're right. There are some things when we're talking about with friends, that with theological conversations, right. that we can set aside. Right. You can agree to disagree on some. That's good. Mm-hmm. And maybe Facebook isn't the place to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Just on a side note. Okay, number four. How can I figure out where I'm supposed to serve in the body of Christ?
1: Okay. Um, I would I would encourage a woman who's perhaps new at a church or been at church for a while and just doesn't know where she fits to pray and sign up for something and be involved. And what you sign up for might bring you great joy and delight, and that's a sure sign that it's a place to serve. Sure, sure. The other thing is, going back to godly friends, friends who know you personally will often say, well, you have a gift of counsel, or you have a merciful heart. Mm -hmm. Or, like for me, I would say, I couldn't figure out how to make that luncheon happen. Or for you, Julie, I couldn't figure out all this tech (laughs) <laughs> stuff to make a podcast, um, happen, but God equips his women yes. and he equipped you. So we need to listen to other others and realize they see your gifts and oftentimes we'll ask you
0: to use them. And if you do get into a, um, <clears throat> place where you serve and it's not a great joy and delight, what should you do?
1: Well, then I think you need to pray and reevaluate, I mean, not everything suits every person. We right. talked about about um, baking and the right. yard work. Yep. So if you sign up for something and you think that's
0: that doesn't, doesn't fit me. me, don't do nothing. Right. Sign up
1: for something else and go on. Right,
0: and keep your commitment until Correct. it's done. Right, for sure. Yes, I think that's a really good one. And I think that for me, I have found out um, that – As I've served in the church, there are places I never would have thought I would have been serving, but I actually liked them. You know, here. Well, yeah, I never thought I'd be doing this. Although I've always been kind of blabbermouth, but (laughs) but it's great to. There's a lot of ways to serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Right. Okay. Number five. Now this is a marriage one because you know we do have a lot of women who are married, and even if you're not married, hang tight with us because there might be things you might have someone a married friend. That you could counsel in these areas, and you, even though you may not be in that spot, it's good to talk. Okay, what should a woman do if her husband is less involved at church and she wants to be more involved? Because I've heard women ask these questions. questions. Yeah. Well, again, it seems like everything
1: I say, pray. But yeah, that's, that's your my, first answer. Yeah, pray, <laughs> pray. Okay, but I would pray about the situation and wait. You know, it's really tempting if you're a doer uh, to just jump right in and leave your husband yeah. in the dust. I think a time of talking together and communicating with each other, what you see is your role within the body of Christ mm-hmm. and the church to be. If you know that your husband is fine with you being more involved and because of his personality he's less involved, and he's okay with that, then fine. He has your approval. But what needs to happen is a coming together of a husband and wife and honestly, forthrightly speaking to each other in private, not with the children around, about what works best in your Mm -hmm. marriage. Um, For example, I'm a people person, and I love to be around and be involved in many ways with people, but my husband is quieter But when it comes to a one-on-one conversation with anyone, I am amazed. Believer, unbeliever, he's so much better at it than I am. He's so much better a conversationalist. And I know that new people at our church feel way more welcomed and accepted when they talk to him Mm. than when they talk to me. It's different gifts, but the same Lord. But Mm. I would encourage wives to communicate with their
0: husband and see where their husband is comfortable. Right, right. That's great advice. I like this idea that you said different gifts, but the same Lord. Right. Because it is interesting how God draws two people together who are different. That's (laughs) just the way it works. So exactly. And I also remember, Diane, a piece of wisdom that you gave to me years ago, and I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. You don't even know I'm going to tell you this, but um, you were talking about how when you were in, like in our Sunday school classes, often people will answer or comment and that you made a choice to not answer or comment until your husband did. Mm-hmm. Now, that isn't a legalistic, it doesn't make you more holy, no. but it was a way to honor him. Why did you do that? Well, I didn't want
1: to, I wanted to honor him. That that was it. I wanted, um, I didn't want to seem like, oh, there's the talkative, super spiritual wife that's going to answer all these right. questions. But knowing that my husband would know the answer, but because he's quieter didn't, didn't want to speak
0: up. So I just felt that that was a way to honor him. I think that's an excellent, especially if you, I know that I have used that in my own life because I am very verbal Mm -hmm. all the time. I think out loud, Mm -hmm. but my husband thinks inward. Mm -hmm. He is always thinking his brain is always rolling. And so I think that's been very helpful because I just blurt out stuff all the time. So it's been good to think, okay, in a group setting, in general, in a group setting, I need to kind of back up a little bit and let him lead in that area. That's right. a great way to honor your husband in that and how communicate how people are different. Right. Okay, number 6. What is your best advice for women whose children are getting married? This is a really personal one. Can I just say that or moving out? How can we keep relationships with them? How can we build relationships with their spouse? What if they make different decisions than we think they should make? Now, I have two married kids and a daughter who's on the cusp of moving out and I'm totally happy about all of them, but I think that that's such a hard time for women. Diane, give us your wisdom on this. Well, I kind of
1: like this question and it helped me to think because when you have a new baby coming into your house, you know, whoa, that's going to be different. Our whole relationship will be different. Our time will be different, but we never consider what it's like when our child moves out. And Mm -hmm. I think it's as critical a learning curve as it is getting a new baby. And in some ways, I think the adjustment is even greater because when they move out, there's two adults, and if they're getting married, more than two adults compared to a little baby coming in and crying when they want something. Um, So as a mom, we know, and we want our children to be independent, but it is hard sometimes to watch them make their own decisions. But they must learn, and we need to watch and pray. That means if we're not asked our opinion on various matters, especially if they leave our home for marriage, but also if they leave as part of a friend group, if we're not asked what we think, then I feel we're not at liberty to always be saying what we think. Mm Um, think of the things you learned, Julie, some the hard way. It wasn't easy but profitable in the long run. Also, um, the other thing I would say about this adjustment is make sure they know and feel welcome to come back, to be part of the family. Invite them over for dinner if they're mm-hmm. married. Their spouses plan a shopping day or a fishing trip, or you know the things that they like to do. But always keep the door open. Always keep mm-hmm. the conversation and the communication open.
0: Yeah, I um, somewhere I read or heard about the idea of the fact that as our kids get older, um, you know, it's um, when they're little we have a lot of control over all the things they do, but then as they get older. They actually need mm-hmm. that. They need to be able to be loose from it. And there are some things, if they're living in our home, we could maybe say some things to them if there's things going on. But if they're moving out, they're moving, get dating someone seriously, and marriage is around the corner, or whatever, this is a chance for them to move on. Right. And, and we, instead of, uh, boy, have I heard of women get so controlling, and then they end up having bad relationships with their children beyond. Right. Yeah.
1: And okay. it's like a war between the yes. spouse and the mother. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Okay. Number seven. Oh, we're there. All right. We, yeah, 10 nuggets. We got a few more to I'll go. go. Um, I'm not even gonna say percent. 60%. Yep. We just finished 60%. Yep. I'm so good at math today. Hey, wow. I okay. <laughs> Never am I. App? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, this one's a bit unique and may not be applicable, really to all of our listeners in the same way, but likely will be in some format. I know that you, Diane, travel with your husband to warm, sunny Florida, when our chilly cold Ohio in goes cold in the winter. My question is, um, could you fit me in your car next time? Because I'd like to go with you. But really, the question is, do you get involved in your local church there? How how much do you get involved? And why would you even get involved? I, I, although this is not a huge percent of our population, I do think that it can be happen in different ways. It could be a college student goes away mm-hmm. at school, and she might need a church, or he might need a church. Or if your job requires you to go to a remote state—well, I said that wrong—if your job— Requires you to go remote in another state. How about that? Um, Or if your husband is required to do that and you go with him. You know, like, um, even for me, when we go on vacation in the summer, it may only be one week. Um, We always try to visit a different church. Now, we're not jumping in and getting involved, but I'd love to hear from you. Um, what, What do you do? Okay. Well, we are involved in our church in
1: Florida, and the why is because... We need to be serving. As mm. believers in Christ, we need to be serving, and we need fellowship. Mm-hmm. We can't go there and not have fellowship. Hebrews 10:25 says, "Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together."
0: Mm.
1: So it's important that we're involved in a church. Now, how? Well, first you need to attend a church.
0: Sure, sure. That's a good start.
1: (laughs) That's a start. But I think that that's very minimal. Mm. You can go to church, go home, go to church, go home, and meet seven people who sit by you. Mm -hmm. You need to go to church and not just to worship, but then go to Sunday school class or sign up for a Bible study, sign up for a midweek Activities get to know the people. Mm. Then you prayerfully look at the ministries that the church offers and volunteer where there's a need and you have the gifts that to fill that need. For example, in Florida, besides being involved in Bible study, I help cook at the homeless shelter mm. on a regular basis. Our church cooks there. Once a week, I meet with a group of women and we sew or knit. My favorite yes, thing. Yes. Yes. But we do it for ministries, like the Pregnancy Solutions um, ministry down there. Hmm. We make things for the Samaritan's Purse Christmas Oh, yes, those boxes, yes. And they have um, another ministry called Jesus Loves You, and there's a group of us women who get together uh, at a schedule, and we make sandwiches, and we pack brown bag lunches. Oh, cool. And we take it to Jesus Loves You, and because it's warm down there. You have a lot of homeless people, Okay. although they call them campers. I love oh. that. They don't call them homeless people, and they take it to the campers and talk to them, and there's a track in there, and mm. it's, a, it, it's a very helpful way. Yes, and I a love, great ministry. I love doing yeah. that. Now, my husband, he attends a Bible study, but he's had the opportunity to disciple a couple men who were struggling in their marriage. There's mm. that one-on-one. He also, he doesn't cook at the homeless shelter, but he serves the food. Okay, great, great. Um, He makes things, there's orphanages in Florida, and he makes things for the boys in an orphanage, orphanage, and just helps with other kind of hands-on things. Hmm. So when you serve alongside someone else, there's a friendship built, and the family of God at the church is strengthened, and so are you.
0: So when you are gone for a long period of time, how long are you gone? About How many months? Like seven months. Okay, so half of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, not exactly, but yeah. so poor getting involved in a church where you are in Florida is really vital to your own it is. growth, right? It and is. it helps the church out too. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of people traveling back and forth like that? Is this church like that?
1: Um, more, there are a lot of
0: snowbirds. I didn't but, want to say that,
1: but yeah, but, <laughs> but are there are more people that live in Florida. Okay. Than Okay. So. so it's
0: a mix. Yes. 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 Great. Great. Okay. That's excellent advice. I love that because there are women who have to go somewhere for a time period. And I do love the idea of getting involved mm-hmm. and serving. Mm-hmm. And even if you are only going to be there for three months, you can still serve by having people over for dinner. You can you can join a ministry, but mm-hmm. you also can get in. I love this idea of just getting to know people, going right. to things. Right. Such a good thing. Such mm-hmm. a good, wise advice. Um, all right. All right, so number eight. Are you ready? Yep, I am. So, Diane, I know that there have been times um, in many women's lives where their husband has an interest in something and they may not. So um, how do you love something, a hobby or interest that your husband loves, you know, that's that's good, even if you don't love it?
1: Okay. Well, the Lord has really blessed us uh, throughout our years of marriage with hobbies that we both enjoy. Okay. Uh, We camped a lot when our children were younger. I love camping. I know. And (laughs) when they grew up and went off to college, we got into sailing, believe it or not. Sailing. And now in our older years, we're back to camping again. And they have the cutest camper (laughs) ever. A little teeny bubble. Yes, I love it. But the time that um, I can use as an illustration is... Um, When my husband retired, he had a desire to do what's called the Great Loop. And the Great Loop is circumnavigating by water the eastern United States. You go around Michigan, down the inland waterways from Chicago, out at Mobile, Alabama, around Florida, up the East Coast, in the New York Harbor, up the Hudson River, across Lake Erie, back. Wow. Wow. That was a yeah.
0: That is, I see why they call it the Great, <laughs> the great loop. loop, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and so most people do this in some form of power boat, obviously, because it's faster, sure, than a sailboat. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it was his desire that we do that. Now I have to say, I love sailing. Even today, I'm I really do miss the sailboat. But I was not gung ho as mm-hmm. Fred was. Um, but I knew that it was something that was so important to him. So with so with counsel from a couple wise, godly w- women from this church who encouraged me. Well, actually, they told me that I needed to <laughs> to, to honor my husband and go. Yes, that's where yes. wise, godly friends come in handy. Yes, yes. <clears throat> we left on the sailing trip, and it took a year for us to travel all those couple wow. thousand miles. Now. The year was a time of joy, and it was a time of struggles, having to navigate all those miles and all kinds of weather. But I learned total dependence on God and not myself. Mm. And I realized that God, I needed to learn that because at times I think I'm in control. (laughs) Mm, As we most do. Do. A lot of us do. And in that year, I was really not much in control or charge of anything. The weather, how far we would get that day, where we would sleep on the boat, making sure we had food was about the extent of anything that I could (laughs) plan. And it was good for me. Mm. And I'm thankful to God and to my hubby for the year I learned so much in so many ways. So if you're praying for your hubby to lead, let him lead and you follow submit to your husband, gals, even in the tough things, knowing that God is in it. And you're going to learn a lot
0: more about yourself and about your God. Yeah. Wow. I was envisioning that trip. That is a lot of miles in a sailboat. sailboat. It is. And I was also thinking about your, I didn't really think about the weather.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you have any communication be outside of the boat? Um, well, this, is, this was 20
1: years ago. So oh, we yeah. had a cell phone, but You would laugh. We would have to hook it up to like the computer to get anything. It wasn't really a good fit.
0: Well, I love that. And that is a great, I mean, that's a really great challenge to women, you know, and even to myself. Like there are times our husbands may really love something and it is a blessing to them if we come alongside Mm -hmm. of them and love it too. Right. You know, that's, that's really good. Okay. Number nine. How can you stay motivated to keep praying for a wayward loved one? You know, someone who knows the truth but may have it may seems like they've walked away or maybe they're just not saved. They don't know God and um someone who maybe has never shown any change.
1: Okay, because I, I think it gets discouraging. It does, Julian. I wish I could sit here and say to you I don't get discouraged, but I can and I do. But that is why I love the book of Habakkuk. I I don't know how many times I've cried out as Habakkuk did, how long, oh Lord. Mm-hmm. But also like Habakkuk, I know deep down that God hears me. And like Habakkuk, I know that though the fig tree doesn't blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, yet I will exalt in God and his ways. Mm. That truth helps me to continue in prayer and wait on the Lord, knowing his timing isn't mine. And knowing that I'm learning something that I wouldn't learn any other way that I'm learning as I wait for him Mm. to call my loved one once or one to himself. Mm. And that loved one is also learning sometimes the hard way. That's Mm. the hard thing to watch. But God has a plan and he doesn't have to consult me about
0: it. (laughs) It's like a great line right there. I love it. And I think this is the third time I've heard about Habakkuk recently. So yeah. I think that's, you know, how God gives you that, like, okay, go read Habakkuk, you know, <laughs> although I did just read it because it's in my Bible plan. But what a great thing to remember that God's timing is in our timing. Right. And to just keep praying, that's good. All right, we have made it all the way. Ten. Number 10. This is the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> I'm a pretty new grandma. Mm-hmm. about About a year I've been a grandma, and I need all the help I can get what is your best grandma advice? And how do you connect? See, I only have one grandchild at this point, but how do you connect with each grandchild, both near and far? Because you have how many again? 11. And how many great grand? Two. Okay. So you, you got to be creative. I know. So what do you got? Well, it's funny that you said you've
1: been a grandma for a year. I think, wow, I've been a grandma for 31 years. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. But I didn't have much grandparenting in my life when I was growing up. My grandparents weren't around. And even for my children, they didn't have grandparents that were actively involved in their life. But I thought about it and prayed about it. And I think that the best thing we can give our grandchildren is time and interest. I love spending time with my grandchildren, all of them, the Mm. older ones, the younger ones because then I know how to pray for them specifically. Mm-hmm. I know how to do things for them, make things for them that would bring them joy. Yes, There's not one of them, I don't think, would not tell you my grandma prays for mm-hmm. me. And some of the older ones now, they'll text me, can you pray about this, test? Can you pray <laughs> about this? Can you pray about that? So the biggest vice, advice I would give to a grandma and you, Julie, is to spend time with your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And, but the second piece of advice I would give is to support their parents. Give mom or dad wise counsel when they ask, but don't interfere with decisions, but pray. And that can be a hard, because you're outside and you see things that are going on. Right. You just have to pray because you don't want Susie or Jimmy saying, but grandma says, or grandma thinks that's dumb. You and your grandchildren's, you and your grandchildren's parents are a team, not an opponent. Now, I have Mm. three grandchildren. Can you say that again? You (laughs) and your grandchildren's parents are a team, not an opponent. That's really important. And your grandchildren need to see that. Yes. Yes. My mom and dad, my grandma and grandpa, are on the same page. Yes. That's so good. It's important. I have three grandchildren that have never lived close to me. And so that makes the time commodity more difficult. But since they live in Ohio for most of their life, we try to go as often as we can. We couldn't go to all the sporting events and school events, but we talk to them. We keep the doors open. Any big events, baptism, graduations, and Now we're into weddings. I was at a bridal shower this weekend and a wedding the end of the month. So it's it's exciting to have and to be a grandma. It's a great gift.
0: Yes. And I was thinking about two women I know that are grandmas. And one, all her grandkids live far away, all of them. But she is diligent because of technology to FaceTime them frequently. And they have relationships because she says they have like set times throughout the week. And then another friend, which we've actually shared on here, she shared it as a, my friend Joan, as a tiny tidbit a while ago, how she loves it when her kids write notes to her and letters, her grandkids. So she gives them stamps and address self-addressed stamped envelopes so that they can send pictures to her so she can invest in them that way. I I think those are two Great. great ideas if you have people living far away. Right. Diane, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad you are here. Would you pray for us? Sure, sure.
1: Father, um, I pray for Julie and I and for any woman who's listening to this podcast. Lord, we desire your wisdom. And while we've talked about 10 topics and we've gone through them quickly, I know that you are the author of all wisdom. And Mm -hmm. so I pray Mm -hmm. as the women seek you, that you would give them wisdom that they need personally so that they can live their life glorifying to you. Mm -hmm. Father, we live in a world that so wants to draw us away from what is godly wisdom. So I just pray for your protection and I pray that you would honor yourself by giving to the women listening to this podcast a great measure of wisdom so that your kingdom will grow and that those coming behind us will have wisdom as they watch us watch you. Mm -hmm. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: And it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's Tiny Tidbit is brought to you from Taylor Castillo. Taylor, I'm glad you're here with me. I'm glad to be here. One of the things I love about you, Taylor, I've actually been in your home, and you're going to talk a little bit about how to make a home more cozy. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things I love about you is that your home did that for me. It made me feel cozy, and I need oh, to learn from you, I'm girl. i yeah. Okay, so, so tell me, what are some tips for this?
2: Uh, well, in my house, I like to play a lot with layers and texture. Um, so... Different types of fabric, uh, different paint colors, uh, different materials. Um, I like to use area rugs to define spaces in my home. So mm-hmm. we have a really big living room. Uh, and I actually separated it into two spaces with cool. area rugs. We have like a little reading nook and then we have like the gathering place.
0: And do you have like a piece of furniture in between the two or do you leave it still open?
2: Um, I kind of leave it open. Okay. So when I mean, we have a lot of people over, you know, they sure. can all sit in there you and see You can still each other. use it.
0: Okay, great. Yeah,
2: yeah. Another thing that we do, speaking of having people over... Um, Our house gets a little bit drafty. It can be a little bit chilly in the colder months. And so I have a lot of uh, throw blankets that people use when they come over. Um, And instead of just kind of throwing those on the back of the couch or whatever, I decided to take some wood pegs and hang them on the wall. Nice. And that way it's just a little bit more decorative and functional.
0: And it gives you warmth from, I mean, physical warmth, but also it softens part yeah. of the room a little bit. Yeah,
2: not just, you know, another frame on the wall. But nice. speaking of frames on the wall, I do also like to play around with gallery wall layouts, you know, oh. take a bunch of uh, family photos or paintings or whatever and find um, vintage frames from Goodwill or other thrift shops and, you know, throw a bunch of pictures on the wall. Um, but it's not always pictures for me. Sometimes I also find old pieces of wallpaper, fabric, nice. textiles, things like that, kind of mix it up.
0: So that they go with the color scheme you have in the room or or whatever you like.
2: Yeah, it's really great, actually. I play with it. Sometimes I switch them out seasonally, you know, depending on, uh, like, I'll have Christmas stuff up there one year, or if it's spring, I like to bring a lot of bright colors into the room. So you change them out? Yeah, I do. I change change everything. Josh gets kind of mad at me, but I (laughs) I, I do. I like to change paint colors and and artwork on the walls a lot. I
0: love it. And so Mm -hmm. that helps you to make it feel way more cozy. Yeah, and I kind of get a
2: feel for what I like and what I want the house to feel like.
0: I like that. That must be like when people move their furniture around, the same thing. Moving your furniture around makes you feel like, oh, it's a new house. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I grew up doing that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks for listening. Join us again next week for another installment of our Feminology series. This year we have been dealing with a discussion about all different kinds of emotions and what's good and bad in all of them. And we will tackle the big topic of anxiety next week. And hey, if you're listening for the first time today to this episode and you'd like to go back and listen to all of those Feminology episodes, they drop the first Thursday of each month um, and then you can listen to all of them in the archives if you wanna do that. And don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. And there's great content there. There's great things to read. um, Great encouragement. Also, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast directories. So go and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. I mean, honestly, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are probably there. Uh, We drop a brand new episode each and every Thursday. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.